today's um, title, Pouring Out of the Holy Spirit. And this is so important in what we're doing through the church and what we have to understand what the church is supposed to do, right? It's not done by uh, careful planning, because even the most careful of plannings can be undone by, you know, a pandemic or, <laughs> or something pretty bad, you know? And right now, the world isn't is in chaos. You know, we see earthquake in Turkey, we see shootings, we see all kinds of disasters everywhere. And what we come to understand is we're limited. We're limited in our perspective, and spiritual strength, and physical strength, intellect, financially, and even people-wise, the manpower behind pushing challenges and all that stuff, we're limited in multiple fronts. How can we change the world? Who are we to change the world? And how can we overcome these limitations? right? Little old me? Or, you know, what, what can I do when there's just so much above me? <laughs> People that have a higher pay grade than me that controls the world, that controls my workplace, that controls the systems that the world is functioning on. And this is where the early church was as well. You have to understand. These people that gathered, they didn't have much financially. They didn't have much people-wise either. They didn't have much at all. All they had was Christ, the kingdom of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 2 of Acts, we see the works of the Holy Spirit take place where the early church they saw these works of the Holy Spirit where they start speaking in new tongues. And these weren't, un, like, these are languages that were understood by the people that came from 15 different nations. We read all the nations' names. There's 15 total. And they were hearing the mighty works of God in their own language. These Jewish diaspora that grew up in other nations, they came back to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost, and they started hearing the mighty works of God in their language. They're like, what's going on? And what we see here is it's this breaking out of these labels, right? In verse 7, we see um, people questioning what's going on. They were like, uh... And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And we have to understand, Galileans, they were not viewed as very intellectual people. They were fishermen. They were traders, you know, people that did business. They're business people because Galilee was a port town. So it would be like Baltimore. <laughs> it was like, uh... Someone saying these words, could they really be from Baltimore? You know, it's like, wow, this is very big picture kind of talk. This is like, wow, message that I really need to hear. And that's, these people are from Galilee? And this is where we need to understand 
the works of the Holy Spirit works in this way where it's not bound by labels. It's not bound by who people say you are. Because that's what we see here. People, when they see Galilee, a Galilean, they're like, they don't do stuff like this. But these people that had very little, these people that had very little impact, you know, what, what contribution could they have given to change the world? But it was because they were able to break through these labels, break through these limitations based on the labels. Because a lot of times when you're labeled as something, the world around you does a good job keeping you there. They remind you of that label. They remind you who you are to the point where you just identify as your scar, identify as your family problem, identify yourself as not good enough. Whatever that label is, it's in Christ that we start to break out of these things. And they became people of impact. They were speaking in the tongues of many nations. Fifteen nations were gathered here. But they asked, what does all this mean? Why is this happening? Is it because they prayed and then all of a sudden the works that happened during Pentecost took place? Like last week, no. God had planned the works that were going to take place at Pentecost from eternity past, long ago. But those who prayed holding on to the content of the gospel, Christ, the kingdom of God, and the Holy Spirit, they were able to participate in what God was doing that day, understanding what was going on. And what was happening was word fulfillment. The word of God was being fulfilled. And this is good news for us because this goes beyond what we plan and what we say. And what matters here then is our attitude, right? Our attitude is not just looking at our past scars, but it's looking forward to God's plan. That's the easy thing to do, to point the finger and say, I'm like this because of whoever, fill in the blank, you know? My situation is like so because of fill in the blank. That's the easy way out. But it's the easy way to kind of fall into a deeper pit. The attitude that we need to have is one that understands there is a plan. Even in the midst of being limited. And this is the works that the Holy Spirit is doing in you, believe it or not. But we see this problem that people have of recognizing the works of the Holy Spirit. Like I was mentioning earlier, time schedule, right? All the works that took place at Pentecost happened according to God's time schedule. And we have to match with God. How do we do that? It's through the word and prayer. It's very simple, but at the same time, because it sounds so simple, a lot of times we don't do it. It's when we are writing that flow of the word, the message that we receive on Sunday, that has to be just the basics. 
holding on to your Sunday message is the basic. And if you can read the word of God every day, that's more, you know, more blessing to you. But if you have a hard time holding on to the word of God, hold on to at the least the Sunday message. Hold on to the word that we go over, like the passage today, Acts chapter 2, right? You can read the whole chapter even. <laughs> but whatever the case is, make today's message your prayer topic for this week and see how God answers you and record it somewhere how God is answering you because all those become evidence. All those become a kind of a paper trail to where God is trying to lead you towards. You start to see a direction. And this is not like <laughs> religious mumbo jumbo. This is something that you can confirm for yourself. This is not, oh, because you're a Christian, you should see things this way. Test it. Hold on to God's word and see how he actually moves you in your reality, in your workplace. Like I said, it's not about being vocal and stuffing the gospel down people's throats. You need to see what God's plan for you is. That's what is actually more important. Because what he wants you to actually hold on to is something that will continue. Not something that is like a one-time thing. Like, oh, I tried evangelism. I went on to, you know, I went to this thing, this event at a campus, and I tried evangelizing. I did it. That does nothing. Yes, if you <laughs> were able to impact somebody, yes, that is something. But it does nothing for you because it just ends there. It just ends at that event. What God wants is something that will continue. And it's the difference between being powerless and working in the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times people have a hard time recognizing how the Holy Spirit works. It's not necessarily in a dramatic way. It's not necessarily in a way that, you know, like, Pentecost and what took place there where a rushing wind came and people had these like flames on top of their head and they were speaking in all these languages. It's not going to look like that necessarily. At times, yes, <laughs> all according to God's plan. But it could be very subtle. But whatever the case, there are people that will make fun or people that will try to bring you back to your label right? What the world labels you as. But when you recognize the Holy Spirit and the works that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, that becomes your answer. That becomes your foundation in continuing and to continue to grow and to mature. We have to understand Though there are people that were saying, oh, they're speaking in different tongues, so they're, they're drunk. These are Galileans speaking in 15 different languages. So to the average person, they sound drunk. You know, they sound like, what, what are they saying? And you have to understand what time of day it is. The third hour of the day is 9 a.m. No one's drinking at that time. You know, there might be one or two people, but an entire 
room of people, like 120 people right now? No. What was taking place and what Peter was telling the people to recognize is this is the works of God. And this is, once again, the fulfillment of God's word. Word fulfillment is probably the most important thing that you can see in your own life. Seeing the word being confirmed in your life just even once sets you up to see where your source of strength comes from. This is where a lot of people actually fail. They just listen to a message as either entertainment, <laughs> or just like, oh, that pastor's so funny, you know, I, I love listening to him. Or, oh, it's so inspirational. I like, I, I like getting pumped up by these messages. But then it easily gets forgotten. What we really do need to see is God actually fulfilling his word, like in reality. Like this has to be the real thing. It can't just be Christian, like mumbo jumbo. It can't just be just Christian vocabulary. This has to be something that is something more than that. And as we recognize the power of the Holy Spirit, we start to see this work where he pours out his Holy Spirit in verse 17. And it says, and in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So it talks about the last days. Some people say, oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> but theologically, the last days be began from the day of Pentecost all the way to now. Why is the last days so long, you may ask? Uh, in some ways, it's God's mercy so that more people can hear the gospel. But part of what Jesus said here on, on the earth in Matthew, he said that until the gospel gets preached to, to all people, then the end will come. And this is something that we have to be able to see ourselves in this bigger plan of God. And there's something very vital and beautiful that we need to recognize as the church today because people actually are forgetting this, this call for the church. And it starts off saying, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So these little children, right? Like Chris and eventually Victoria, and including Elisha and Sophia, like they are to prophesy. What does that mean? It means to be able to share the wisdom of God, right? To prophesy just means what you hear from God, you're, you're speaking, right? And the most accurate word that we can receive from God is the word of God, the Bible. That's 100% accurate. There are people that will quote-unquote, practice the gift of prophesying. And they'll say, oh, God told me, you know, such and such will happen in a couple of days. Be careful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and not that I am discounting that gift, but you always have to confirm with God's word. That's what it comes down to. Because people at the end are people. And we are prone to make mistakes or prone to misunderstand. But God, he doesn't. He's, he's not a God of confusion. 
but he will bring, you know, stability and he will confirm his word for you. We just need to ask. So these young children, right, these, these babies, <laughs> these babes will utter these wisdom of God. Why is that the case? And how is it? sometimes my kids will say something so wise <laughs> here and there. <laughs> and it's so important for us to actually teach the word of God to our kids at a young age. Uh, at a very young age, I, w- I would go through Bible stories with my kids, like even like hand puppet, <laughs> like this is Jonah and then this is the whale. <laughs> or, this is the big fish. It's not a whale. That's not what the Bible says. It says a big fish. And then we would just kind of like role play and then Elisha goes like, I'll be Noah <laughs> today. <laughs> and getting them to understand the word of God actually gives them wisdom to actually speak wisdom to actually think. I, I allow my kids to ask any and every question because that allows them to think. That allows them to take the word and make it theirs. And that becomes so important. The earlier you do it, the better because it, you, you start to see how God works even with that. And, that, and those kind of things stick with them whether they're, you know, fully, in, fully engaged in video games and whatnot, that word still resides with them. And I hear it here and there when they're talking with their friends or I'm like, wow, they're saying some wise stuff to their friends right now. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing um, how the word of God works in that way. And then the next part, and your young men shall see visions. What does that mean? these young people will plan for the future. And usually that's not something that young people usually think about. (laughs) They just want to have fun. They want to just live life. But this is something that is done through the pouring of the Holy Spirit where we are able to see it. We're able to see a future and plan for it. Not just blindly, just hope for the best, There is a direction, a purpose, a mission behind your schooling, where you are, your family background. It all adds up to something that God has planned. As we hold on to the word of God and pray, we start to kind of sync with God and see, oh, that's why I went through that. Even the scars that we go through, oh, I see that's why that happen doesn't excuse some of the scars that did take place in your life but it brings reason and also a plan behind it and last of all it says and your old men shall dream dreams and this is so important um, especially being a parent having this mindset having a future in mind as you, as you get older, <laughs> dreaming dreams becomes more and more difficult. Why? Because as our strength gets less and less, our fear of security grows more and more. And I've, I'm, I'm seeing a generation 
that is starting to uh, lose its course because a lot of the older generation have stopped dreaming, has stopped dreaming for the next generation. And when you stop dreaming, what ends up happening is you kind of naturally look to what you need. I need to survive. I need to take care of me, right? And yes, that's, that's important too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but when our parents' generation stops dreaming, that's when our younger generation gets in trouble. There's so many sad stories of churches like splitting up because, oh, older generation, they don't understand us young people. So we're going to make our young people church. <laughs> this is a real story. Like, these are real things. Um, I had a meeting a couple, couple Sundays ago with one of my Ethiopian friends. And she was telling me, oh, I'm part of a church in Silver Spring now. And it's a young people's church. Like the, like the son is also the pastor. So the pastor and the pastor's son, they're both pastors. And they had a fight. <laughs> And it was because the older generation didn't want to let go, you know, leadership to the next generation. And then the son goes like, I'm going to make my own church. Comes out of that church, and then they have a young people church. And I was like, oh, that's nice, but <laughs> you got to be careful because you need all generations. You can't just make it about young people. You can't make it about one generation. Because then you miss the picture that God has for the church. The church is multi-generations. The church is multi-nations. But this is not something that we can just do because we think it's a good idea, because it's in the Bible. This is something that we have to ask God to pour his spirit upon us to see these works take place to see our sons and daughters prophesy, young men seeing visions, and old men dream dreams. Like this is, this is what we need today. And that's where that part comes in. For the future to actually work, we need the older generation, right? Because we need that support, we need but then it goes both ways. A lot of times people, the, the age-old question within a lot of immigrant churches is, why is there a first-generation and second-generation issues? You know, And this is not just to immigrant churches. This is just, I guess, in general, the older generation and the younger generation. But the bigger problem is not oh, the you know, old generation, they, they're, they're not getting with the times, or the younger generation, they don't know what you know, hard work is. <laughs> and we can go back and forth, and everyone will have valid points. But the bigger problem than all of that is that we lost the heart of God. We lost the heart that so many missionaries have, which is when they go to a new nation, what happens? They take the time to learn. Learn the culture, learn the people, learn their language. 
And, and then what? Then they're able to communicate. They're able, they're able to relay the gospel. But we lost that both ways. Older generation to the second generation, but it has to go the other way too. Second generation to first generation. Where we have to understand each other. It's not going to be perfect. It's never meant to be perfect. However, we need that, that platform to communicate. That's what we need, that little platform so that we can communicate, so we can at least somewhat understand one another to move the church in one direction. But what's so sad in many churches today, that work, that little that needs to take place is not taking place. Like, thankfully for our Church of Love members, like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> and we have so many people that support, you know, our English ministry and so many people that are supporting, you know, despite their own challenges even. And that's actually a beautiful thing. And for our younger generation, that's something that we have to value, actually. Like, uh, adults, adult generation, people that really... Uh, are there to support because those people are actually very rare. Like, look at your own life. <laughs> How many, like, older um, mentors or, you know, people do you actually have? Is it just, like, single digits or is it in the double digits? For some people, it might just be zero, you know? And for our church to have multiple, more than, more than one, is, is our blessing. And for our younger generations to understand and also to really have the heart of the Father so that we too can embrace not only our own church members, but beyond that to the nations that are actually in need of this gospel. When we start to understand the need of the gospel, we start to actually enjoy who Jesus is. So in our conclusion, um, now let's recognize God's time schedule for you and be where God has called you to be. And this is so important for, for my own life to actually follow this because constantly that's my prayer. God, am I where I'm supposed to be? Because where you are, I know you'll provide for me. I know you'll give me the strength to accomplish what you're calling me to do. And that's where I know I'll be most happy because Christ is my source of happiness. And for me to be here with you guys and to be able to you know, participate together in what God is doing at the Church of Love, you know, this is all part of what God is doing. And this is something that we need to come to enjoy ourselves, asking, God, is this where you want me to be? When we're at school or when we're at wherever we were planning to do with our work or, or whatnot, is, this has to be part of our prayer. And if you are where you're supposed to be, God, help me to see your plan, right? What is the plan for today? You know, you don't have to be in the best of moods to ask that question <laughs> in prayer. <laughs> you can be in the worst of moods and be like, God, what's the plan? I don't, I don't see anything. Pray and see how God leads you. Because it's not based on your, how you feel. It's not based on how smart you are or how weak you are or how strong you are. This is stuff that goes beyond what our limits are.
And it starts with the word in prayer. Because it's when we hold on to the word in prayer, then we're able to recognize the, the works of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times the Holy Spirit is speaking. It's just that we don't recognize it. We're just like, ugh, not in the mood. <laughs> or ugh, not in the, not in the you know, religious mindset right now to think about it that way. But when we're holding on to the word and prayer, even, even lightly, you start to recognize, oh, there's something going on here <laughs> that I need to avoid or there's something going on here that I need to kind of really press in and, and see. And then we receive strength. All the things that we were limited in the introduction, we now have strength. And this is what we can actually pray for. Pray for spiritual power so that you can have perspective. Pray for intellectual power so you have the wisdom to know how to go about your field. Ask for physical power because you need strength to do the work. Ask for financial power. This is okay to ask. This is not health and, <laughs> health and wealth gospel. This is for the sake of the kingdom of God. We need finances as well. And pray for manpower, you know? Asking God to find people in my workplace that I can partner with. Because by yourself, you can only do so much. But God is calling us to network, to find people, and to find other disciples in the field. All for the sake of fulfilling God's plan, which is to bring life, right? Life to the nations, life to you. Life to everyone that is around us. So as we hold on to today's message, let's really recognize how the Holy Spirit is working and ask for the pouring of the Holy Spirit today. Because today is still the last days. And this is the promise that we can hold on to, the promise given to Joel that he prophesied for the church and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. We need to restore not only the church, but the world that is around us. And it begins by holding on to the word and praying. And one of the things that I want to um, really begin for our English ministry is having our own prayer meeting as well, and something that I'll be uh, talking with a leadership as well. I mean, this is something that has to be done because prayer is our source of strength. And how we'll go about it, you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk out the details and whatnot. But please uh, keep that in prayer. And let's really see how God is um, going to guide us. Uh, the the um, Korean-speaking congregants, they're, they already have a prayer meeting and they're praying for everyone here. They're praying for the church. They're praying for the works of God to continue through the church of love. And um, it'll be great if we too can, um, you know, con contribute in prayer as well so that we can truly move according to the spirit, right? According to the word of God and his Holy Spirit.